Hello and welcome to the Mixed Air Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip hop from boom bap to trap. We are a group of hip hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. Tonight, we're going to be talking about our man, Young Thug, and his new project, Punk. We're also going to be talking about Don Tolliver's new project. And we're going to be doing our uh, segment, bringing it back, the flavor. All right. So let's jump into it with our first conversation. And that is our man, Young Thug, and his project, Punk. And we're going to preview it with the song, Bubbly. And here we go. My career about to blast like bubbly I'm not waiting for her to say she love me I can tell she fuck with me, man, trust me I got a 10-year-old me still ain't fuzzy 325 on the dashboard Riding a Porsche rocking town for I bought out Bernie's nutrition Dior I took the jet to the New York store She lit while I'm driving, I'm standing the floor I took it all track, now I'm riding this boy You stay in your feelings, you never my boy I can't come to the hood, I pull a decor Another body dropped and they my name I'm going to L.A. on a private plane I never come back in my family straight I'm touchable, no all right, and that was Bubbly featuring Drake and Travis Scott from Young Thug's new project, Punk. So let's jump into it. Uh, for me, I'm going to jump in right away and just say that uh, this project, man, I, I, I'm not the greatest fan of Young Thug, but I, I saw growth in this project. I, I really was like so surprised by this project. I don't know how much people are going to like it because of the growth. This is something different for him. This is not the routine album for Young Thug. And uh, uh, it, it was just super impressive to me. Uh, the Bubbly song, that's definitely going to be the, you know, the song is going to be in the top 40, probably top 10, top five. It's going to kick, you know, kick down some doors and, and make him some money. But uh, his his uh, project is really, really nice. And um, there's not a lot more I can say, but it was well worth the listen. And again, like I said, outside of um, a few of the tracks, everything was pretty solid. Uh, fellas, what, what were you guys' thoughts on Young Thug's Project Punk? I mean, so use the word growth, and I would use the word stagnation. Um, <laughs> it sounds like every other Young Thug project sounds like every other sort of trap record that's coming out and um so my my issue with the album is uh first of all it's too long man it's 20 songs which is like come on man and of the i didn't write the exact number down but i would say 12 of them sound the same like they're kind of sleepy yeah kind of like you know and again i've got no issues with the acoustic guitar or just like there's a couple of songs where like the beat never drops. It's just like, you know, okay, fine. Doing the little singing sort of whining thing. And then there's like the trap songs, trap drums and everything, but all the trap songs, they just sound like regular trap songs. Like, you know, I don't want to be rude, but who cares? You know, there's just nothing special about them. And um, there was one or two sort of standout tracks that I remember, but I actually, the app that I use here uh, has the lyrics along and I'm like listening to the lyrics and stuff. And man, he's not saying anything. And I get to the point where, you know, some people aren't the best lyricists or whatever, but like they still say 
stuff is just not super clever. Like, this guy isn't saying anything on most of the songs. Like, actually anything. I pulled up some uh, some notes that I'll talk about in a minute. But, uh, Kev, what you think, man? I think the promo that he was doing was great. I I, I saw a couple of interviews, and I, and I really like what he was saying. And there, I seen growth. But uh, as far as the music goes, it did feel uh, a lot of if it, everything felt familiar. It, it's it just sounded like stuff we heard before, as far as the beats, um, as far as the lyrics and everything else. I'm not really sure as to what he could really do next to kind of expand outside of maybe doing. I mean, I guess something like the content being a little bit more conscious wise, but it, it felt very familiar. Um, I normally, you know, I, I normally enjoy uh, Young Thug's albums, but this is just, I don't know. Maybe I have to really, really get into it some more, but it just felt like something I already heard before. And it, and it was kind of hard to really to get into like that. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh it definitely was some familiar as far as the production was concerned. But for me, I'm telling you, man, I've heard his last projects and there was no signs of consciousness in the projects at all. At least we saw him. Uh, I can tell you that on the project with J. Cole, there was a little bit of consciousness there about the community. Um, also with um, what was that track? Uh, one of the Travis Scott's tracks. He was not 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 the bubbly. Um, the Gunner tracks were definitely familiar. The Juice World track was definitely familiar. Oh, that's the one. The the Living It Up uh, Post Malone joint. That saw I saw some growth in that joint. Um, uh, the Little Double O. I thought Scoliosis. I thought that there was some growth in that as well. I, again, I'm I'm reaching for straws, and I'm sorry that I'm reaching for straws. But this is what we need. We need something in 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 hip hop to to and these and we need people like young thug we need him we need a, a kodak black to show some growth in order for everybody to show growth if if those two you know guys stay stationary along with future then no one's going to show growth you know that's just my thoughts on it what do you guys think i mean it's but what growth are you talking about yeah 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 clarify that first uh, if you listen to the lyrics on the two songs that I was, the three songs that I was talking about, he actually mentions some, some, some very, some, com, some conscious things about his community and about things going on in the community. You know, I listened to the project twice, and I thought that he was speaking on community uh, issues for a few, a few bars, and that's more than he's done in these last albums that he's done. You know. Yeah, that's cool or whatever, but I mean, everybody doesn't have to be a conscious rapper. That's fine. You can talk about turning up or doing drugs or or being a sad boy or whatever. That's fine. But I think there's a simple solution to it. Just pick different beats. You know, like like <laughs> back in back in, you know, the 90s, early 2000s, some people got angry of the the formulaicness of it. Oh, uh, reggae is popular at this time. Dance halls at this po- popular at this time. Everybody's got one dance hall track. Oh, you got your club track. You got your this the track for the ladies, and this is the 
oh, I'm representing the block track or whatever. It was very formulaic, those three songs. And then the other nine or 10 or 11 songs are just filler, just whatever else you want to talk about kind of thing. And it was formulaic, but at least when people were following that formula, you could definitely anticipate one slow song, one song that this is for the club, this is for the radio, this is for the et cetera, you know. This Young Thug album, man, he just got free reign, which is cool. Like, express yourself creatively or whatever. But, like, do you need nine acoustic guitar tracks and still claim this is a rap album? I mean, do you need, <laughs> you know, I talked about Migos before, and I'm going to keep, you know, bringing them up. Because, again, I like the Migos, but that Culture 3 record is 25 songs over the same beat. There's, like, two beats that's not the same, but it's just, and again, if you gave us eight songs, nine songs that was relatively similar, but they was tight and you only picked the best ones, maybe you'd have a classic on your hands. I don't know. But just pick some different beats, man. Like, I don't think it's that hard. Yo, I'm telling you, that's what's up, uh, Reaper. And again, this goes to my, you know, my uh, conspiracy theory that, you know, the record company execs are saying, hey, well, we don't we don't want you to be rapping over stuff that's too creative. This is what's working. This is what's selling. So keep working with this. That's just my thoughts on it. You know, get where your head at. I mean, and every week you're pushing that narrative and and, and it's <laughs> right. <huh? laughs> no, I said right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's. I think moments like this, it it is hard to uh, to disagree with you because, yes, it, it it was like I mean even not not even not with the beats. I mean the beats were the beats felt so familiar, but it just sounded like one long run on track. It didn't feel like multiple tracks. It felt like just one track for x amount of minutes. You know, thirty minutes. It just felt. I mean, like the rhythm. Uh, the flow. I mean, this everything just sounded so familiar, and 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 I guess that's what it is with a lot of um, today's. I mean, just music in general. It just a lot of it just sounds very familiar. Um, it just feels like the same four people are doing music for everybody, and if you want to compete, you have to make these these rhythms that fall in line with um, what the top artists are doing as, as, instead of creating different rhythms and different sounds and, and then different flows and just kind of going off with it. I did expect a lot more. So maybe my expectations were too high coming in and that's why I didn't really uh, care for it too much, but, it just, it, I mean, you know, it just wasn't hidden for me. So I, I'm like, you know, um, like DJ Academics, and I hate to quote him, but uh, he made an excellent point. Um, he was like, you know, he said a lot of people were scared to compete with Drake. And he's like, you got to think, Young Thug is what, coming in seven, eight weeks after Drake, and you're still competing with Drake, and you and you not beating Drake? Two months down the line. Yeah, my boy, my boys. You know, it's like people like two months later, you can't knock Drake 
And, and it's just like, if you can't beat somebody too much down the line, the way people's attention span is, you're not really doing a good, you're, you're not really, you can't really consider yourself one of the best, you know? Yeah, one of my uh, boys was saying the other day, like, don't get me wrong, Drake did his thing from, you know, 2009, 2010 to, to current day, like for the last decade. But part of the reason that he's been on top for so long is just, like you said, people are A, scared to challenge him. Or people are just doing, you know, 13 tracks of only trap beats. And he's just like the only person that's making stuff that doesn't have 13 trap beats in a row, you know, over the last 10 years or so. Like he he shouldn't. His point was he shouldn't necessarily be on top if someone else just did something different, you know? Yeah, it was like it's one of the young artists. I cannot think of his name, but he's um, he's from California. And when I was listening to his album, I was expecting to get something that gave me an indication that he's from California. But everything sounded like down south trap. And this was a California artist. And, you know, California artists love to put their own spin on music. But it was 14 songs of uh, auto-tune-ish, those trap beats. And, and it was kind of, it was irritating to me because I love... I love the fact that a lot of West Coast artists use, you know, kind of get on that West Coast vibe with their songs, but for him not to have nothing that made it where he represented the West Coast or California was surprising and disappointing at the same time. So it's just like, you know, what what are people doing? Like, you know, if it is the label, like get your own label or, or do your own thing or something because I mean, even with the producers, it's like you take this one uh, baseline and you build off of that and you sell a beat. I mean, granted, you're making money and I don't want to knock nobody for making no money. But if you if you're selling the same beat off the same baseline, it's just like you're going to get bored and, and, and forget how to expand your craft as a beat maker. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, man. I'm. I do like trap production. Like the thing about uh, hip hop in the last five, six, seven, eight years, maybe since, maybe since Future like came out really hard. Maybe like twenty, uh, maybe like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Like hip hop in this era has never been harder. Like the beats are hard. Like. You got a pair of proper headphones, some proper speakers in the car, in the house. It's hard. Like, it's hard to listen to. Um, not hard to listen to as in difficult to listen to, but it's, it's hard. Like, you know, it's knocking. But at the same time, there's a bit of sameness, you know? Like, I was listening to the first, uh, um, I was listening to the first uh, 2 Chains record the other day. And, um, you know, he's got Riot on there from the mixtape, and he's got... Uh, you know, dope peddler and I love them strippers and uh it's some, you know, 68, 69, 70 BPM slow turn up trap tracks. But he's got uh who is it? Mike Posner on there, I believe, and I think uh The Dream and it's just it's some flat out almost like R and B tracks on there, you know? But then he's got like I feel good, I feel good. And it's like, you know, even uh Nas was saying on his record, like what would happen if 
Uzi linked up with Primo. You know, I'm not saying y'all got to just take it back to boom bap, but like, what would happen if, like, back in the day, and again, I don't want to just be that old guy. Back in the day, I hate saying that, but like, <laughs> you would you would buy, you know, a Jay Z record or or a game record or maybe not game. That's not a good example, but whoever, you know, and you would when people were still buying CDs and you would look at the booklet like, oh snap, Timberland did track seven. All right, I got to hear that one. Oh, oh, he got a. Uh, you know, Boy Wonder or Neo the Matrix or whoever on his tra- on his album too. Like, oh, I wonder what they doing this time around. Like, how is it gonna sound with this artist instead of the last artist? You know, it's just a lot of young producers just want to make trap beats, and I think it's unfortunate because we're getting a bunch of hard stuff with just a a lot of sameness too. You know? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, I I I guess we have to blame the labels because if the record labels are putting the money behind this stuff and not asking, you know, not asking artists to expand, then it's not a lot you could do. I mean, like you can literally tell that artists are not pushing the needle in no way for the most part, you know, like a J Cole and a Kendrick Lamar who were kind of not on that trap level. But I mean, anytime they come out, it makes noise like earlier this week, they were like, oh, my goodness, Kenya Lamar's make drop on Friday. Some secret leak came out. And it was just like, like, what is he? I mean, but he hasn't done anything. He's not doing anything, but he can garner this attention. Like, not like Young Thug just came out or Wale just came out. And it's just like, you know, a possible album is still an attention from others who are actually saying, yes. I'm dropping on this day. And it's kind of sad because every every big name artist should have their moment. But I mean, let's be real. J. Cole, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar could probably steal uh some attention away from a Drake album we know that's coming out. Like a a, a Kendrick or J. Cole rumor could compete with the Drake fact, I think. If that makes sense. Yeah, but again, it's one of the only people that's yeah. A like rapping properly, but also just Who? Kendrick. No doubt. I mean And also not sameness. Like there's a lot of different kind of songs on the last record or on the last two or three records that he's done, you know? Right. Right. I mean, but it I mean, I just I just think if if there was, you know, whoever, I don't know. And again, I don't want to buy into that uh, record label theory because I'm not buying it. But if there was someone, you know, DJ Drama or, or L.A. Reid or, or whoever that was like even sort of doing the formula from back in the day, like, you know, do this kind of record, do this kind of record. Like, let's put together an album versus just like, you know, I'm going to talk to Wheezy out of here and Metro and just, you know, do 10 songs that sound the same. Like, yeah. So and I'm I got to jump in on this one and just say that, you know, I feel that you're not you're not feeling my my conspiracy. But think about this. You just said I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote both you and Kev on this one and just say one of the things you said was that half the album sound so similar. You know, that's an A&R saying, hey, nope. they're not there they're, when they're nope. dropping. Their nope. music nope. off so nope. to be 
nope. guests when they're dropping their nope. music off. Trust me, the NR is like, dude, I nope. don't know about that track. I don't know about that track. And then they give them the, the project back and say, hey, you need to punch this one up. You need to punch that one up. I'm telling you that this is what's happening. A&R and the executives are saying, hey, I don't know about this one. I don't know about that one. And they're ha- forcing them. That's what made that's what made Kanye's project so special because he said, fuck A&R, fuck the executives. I'm just going to put out this what I want to put out. And it didn't work, but he he tried something. And that's all people are asking for. And then I'm going to go back to what Kev said on the fact that people, if you talk about the social media, if you talk about streaming, if J. Cole, if uh, Kendrick Lamar, if Kanye is saying that they're going to put out something against the number one rapper in the world today, Drake, they would get some pull from that because people want difference. Nobody wants the same stuff over and over and over and over. But the record companies don't give a fuck about people. They give a fuck about the bottom line. They want their money. No, I think it's I think it's a. Uh... So we sort of have a similar idea. You're saying that maybe the artists are trying different stuff, but then they go in there and the A&R is like, no, this don't sound like what's out. Change it. No, I think it's almost the opposite. Like this is the wave right now. And they they either don't want to do anything different or the A&R are just kind of like putting their hands up. Like, well, a lot of it does sound the same in my opinion, but it's selling. So Whatever, man, do your thing. I can co-sign on what you just said. I feel like they should be stepping in and saying, like, hey, hey, Migos, like, I know y'all the Migos and everything, but, like, do you really want to release 20 songs? And, again, not 20 songs of the same producer, like like a concept album or, like, a, a joint project. Like, 20 songs of just, like, we pick 20 trap beats that sound roughly the same, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you on that. And, um, you know, this is where we are in music. But again, I I can tell you that since we've been doing this, this podcast, I I don't know about Kev's uh, opinion, but for me, we've seen a lot between Freddie Gibbs, between West Side Guns, between the Griselda uh, uh, group. We've seen a lot. and, And it's so special to me right now that we're getting some diversity. It's not as much as we'd like, but it's at least enough to satisfy the the average head, you know? Maybe, but again, like I just and again, we can't go backwards. We can only go forwards, I understand. But there there was a point where <laughs> Cassidy was out with Swiss Beats and Cassidy was rapping. He he wasn't like rapidy rap like how people call like some of the stuff Eminem does uh or Eminem does nowadays, but he was rapping like he was like he put out I'm a hustler and there's some clean little lines on there, especially for it to be a radio song. But it was hitting. It was knocking. You got Swiss beat on the track. You know, you can play it on the radio. You can play it opening up a club. You know, it's it's a versatile little track. And then, you know, five years, 10 years removed. I think people I mean, that was also when everybody was listening to the same songs because of the radio. But I just I struggle to pick a. Migos song or a or maybe not Migos because they're just so big but like a Young Thug song or we're gonna get into the Don Tolliver like 
one song five years from now, 10 years from now, that's going to be like that song represented 2021 or represented the 2020s, whatever we're calling this decade. You know what I mean? Like maybe. I mean, maybe. it's no classic music that's out now or well, well I'm not going to say classic, but nothing is really being made that's going to have any longevity or huh? No, go ahead. I, I just don't see a, 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 a something whereas, you know, maybe outside of a few club hits that there's going to be songs created within the past two, three years or even presently. Like, I, mean, I, I don't mean like just music, period. I mean, like just the, the, the big time stuff that's still going to be hitting like it is now in two, three years from now. Like, I just don't know. Like, you know, maybe, you know, Cardi might still have a song that still kind of, you know, still kind of hits or holds people's attention in the club. But are they still going to be playing uh, up two, three years from now? I mean, you barely hear Bodak Yellow. And, and that, I mean, that has some longevity, but I think it was a special moment. But Up, I don't know if Up is still going to be something different. And Up hat does have a different sound to it. But, I mean, just overall, is the quality of what we're listening to going to be something that, you know, I mean, like, I, I feel like we're coming up on a new generation, to be honest with you. It, is this music going to be able to blend in with the next generation? I mean, I think, I think, uh, Bodak Yellow A will live forever. Like, yeah, people definitely still playing playing that here. I mean, it's a red song. It's a red song, but but I mean, like, like even even Bodak Yellow for it to be so you know slow, you know, sixty four BPM or whatever it is, or uh, up is I know it's like eighty three or eighty four. It just it you could argue that both of those songs are still trap ish or have trap drums. Okay, that's fine. Like the double time snare, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, it's not sleepy a young thug it's not whiny b young thug future etc etc uh it and and it's not just like have you heard uh every chance that i get baby from uh the dj Khaled record yeah definitely no no don't get me wrong it's hard and i really like his flow like baby is really little baby not the baby i mean both of them i guess but little baby specifically is really good at riding the beat like he picks, you know, the beats that he picks, but he's really good at just riding the beat, you know, and, and making it sound like he's saying a lot more than he's saying. But that every chance that I get, like, it comes on really hard. And besides the, the sweeper sounds that take you put in there, it's the same beat literally for like three and a half minutes. <laughs> and he's just riding the beat. Every chance that when I'm on it, and it. Pause. Pause. Every chance, and it's, it's, it's like I said, it was so hard that it was kind of undeniable after I listened to it like five times. But it's just, it's the same beat, the same flow for three minutes, for three minutes, and it's just kind of like, all right, I guess you know, you you put out an album of this. Do I want to listen to this for 60 minutes? I mean, nah, man. And there's no skits. There's no, you know, like, 
<laughs> like I said, we're gonna get into the Don Tolliver later, but um, he's got a DJ Mustard track on it, and I was literally like, it's like right in the middle. It, it might be like track ten or or something like that, and I was, I was kind of complaining like the first half of the album, and I'm just like, man, can you pick another beat? And then I heard that you know that Mustard bassline, um, uh, 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 and I'm like, oh, okay, there it is, right there, there it is. And then I heard the Mustard drop, and I'm like, finally. But again, right after that, he goes back into business as usual, you know? Yeah, I'm with you on that, fellas. I appreciate the info on this particular project. It was a very interesting part. Let's jump into, so yeah, uh, Reaper, you got to give me your last notes on this, man. What, what what you got for me? So yeah, like I said, I wanted to just say something about the lyrics. I, I touched on it a little bit earlier about how sometimes rappers will just say anything and i'm out here i'm a before i say the specific uh young thug line i'm gonna I'm a bring up a, a different line this is an older song now but y'all remember uh rick ross and styles p bmf right blowing money fast no doubt so banger banger don't get me wrong banger you know shout out to lex luger shout out you know everybody but uh when styles p comes on uh on his verse he's got a line that goes um something something extension guns from red dead redemption and at the time it was really cool because red dead redemption was like this really popular game on on xbox but but you play as a cowboy right so like you know there's like old school shotguns and stuff but most of the guns you use are like revolvers like these cowboy guns if you say guns from red dead redemption is that intimidating a cowboy gun from back in the day i guess i mean i get the idea that you meant you meant you know, shooting up whatever, like Red Dead Redemption, right? Because there's a lot of guns, there's a lot of violence action in the game. Why would you say guns like Red Dead Redemption instead of from Red Dead Redemption? Maybe it's just me, you know, because I do like language, linguistics and stuff for my job. But I guess sometimes like they don't just have to say whatever. Like if they just like tweaked one or two things, it would make the whole bar different. But anyway, on to this young thug, man. So on Scoliosis featuring Little Double O or Little Double Zero, I'm not quite sure. Um, but he has a line that goes, um, let's see. I'm moving down that B like a Dodger. Woo. Racks longer than a martyr. Woo. I came to school tardy. Woo. I was effing your daughter. Sex. So, and again, his his pronunciation is different from mine. I'm reading it very, reading it, you know. But Dodger, Martyr, M-A-R-T-Y-R, Tardy, and Daughter don't rhyme. They don't rhyme. Even in his, you know, and again, I'm from the North, y'all from the South. Maybe y'all can put, you know, some, some twang on it or, or something, but they don't rhyme. They don't rhyme. And then on the later on in the song, just a just a couple of seconds later, it goes F in the Jag, F in the back, put some hoes in the cab, put the child in the trash. Yeah. Let it hit like Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah. I got lettuce that's cash. Cash. Okay. <laughs> so F in the Jag. Okay, that's cool. Swag. All right. Because most people don't have a Jaguar. Okay. And then I put the holes in the cab. Okay. Like after you finish with them, you send them on their way. Okay. That's fine. At least it makes sense. Fine. But 
put the child in the trash. Okay, on face value, it's like that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like unless you're actually putting a child in the trash, which I doubt is what he's saying. I'm guessing he's saying a used condom. I was putting the the children air quotes in the trash because I'm finished with this young lady. But then let it hit like Steve Nash. I've literally asked three of my friends, what does that mean? Let it hit like Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a point guard retired from the NBA. Did he hit shots, I guess? But let it hit like Steve Nash. I'm going to ask you, what does that mean? What does it mean? So uh, Steve Nash is definitely one of the most deadly uh, uh, jump shooters that has been in the league. But I just don't see him, you know, if you're going to use a popular narrative, you would use, what's the guy from Golden State's name? Yeah, Steph Curry. Curry, you would use his name, not Steve Nash. Steve Nash definitely, don't get me wrong, in his day was the deadly jump shooter. So I guess it. I guess that's a throwback, uh, 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 you know, line. But it's it, it's so few people would get it. I mean, Steve Nash hasn't been deadly since most of these, you know, nineteen year olds were were toddlers. So I'm not feeling it. <clears throat> but that's not even my issue. My issue is more like let it hit, because I guess if he's saying, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but hey, I mean, you put it on the record, so. Put the child in the trash. Like I said, I'm guessing this means like a used condom. Okay, fine. And I guess he's saying he threw it in the trash can like Steve Nash. Maybe that's what he's saying. But why would you say let it hit? Like that doesn't imply shooting a basket. Yeah, I don't know if they put that much thought into the words that they're putting out. Again, I got again, I would ask you to come to the dark side with me and believe that the uh, word generator that record companies use is just picking out. Come on, man. Go ahead with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, nobody wants to believe me, but this is happening. People is happening. I'm going to let it go with that and just say that it's very interesting Reaper. And I think that uh, I would love to hear from the, uh, uh, from our listeners. You're welcome to email us or, um, you know, catch us on live and uh, hit us with what your thoughts were. Definitely check us out on the streaming um, platforms. Uh, We're on Instagram and uh, Twitter and hit us with uh, what your thoughts are on the line. Say it again, Reaver. Uh, Put the child in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Let it hit like Steve Nash. All right. So if you know what that line is, hit us on either social media or email and we will uh, show uh, you know show love to you on uh, on the next episode. And with that, we're gonna close down the uh, punk project from Young Thug, and we're gonna move on to Don Tolliver's project. Are we gonna say uh, consensus listen or, or no? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the reason he skipped it is because. It's, it's, it's kind of unanimous. It may not be unanimous, so let's let's go over with it. Uh, so for me, it's a, a it's a no stream. Uh, so let's move on to Reaper Reaper streamer no stream on Young Thug's project, uh, uh, Punk. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's weird, man, because from me, me personally, is it going to be a stream from me? If you ask me, should I listen to it? I'm going to say no. But again, maybe this record isn't for me. Maybe, like, you know, 
maybe there's some younger people that really identify with it. I mean, like I said, I wasn't really interest, interested in a lot of the uh, the whiny acoustic tracks. Some of the uh, trap tracks were hard, but I'm going to say pass. I don't, I don't know if that means you shouldn't stream it, though, if that is a choice. <laughs> it's not a choice. It's either stream or no stream. All right, man, no stream. That's number two. Kev, what you got for me, baby? Uh, it's a no for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I just don't. I'm not. I'm not feeling this one. I, I wish I could. I, like I said, the young man. His, uh, his promo work in the interviews he's been um, that he he's had leading up to uh, this album were. I mean, just great. I mean, everything he was saying in his interviews makes me want to root for him. So it's kind of hard for me to say. Subpar album, so I'm still, you know, I'm still gonna support them, but not not this album. Maybe another one, but not this one. So it's it's enough for me. All right, and so Kev, you were correct, and that is a unanimous no stream for Young Thug New Project, Punk, and there you have it, our review of Young Thug New Project, Punk. All right, and now we're going to move on to our man uh, Don Tolliver's new project, Life of a Don. And the song that we thought was most notable from that project is Flocky Flocky, featuring our man Travis Scott. So here we go. All right, and that was Flocky Flocky by our man Don Tolliver featuring Travis Scott. So let's jump into it, fellas. Uh, for me, man, let me just say that again, I like Don Tolliver. I like him a lot. He is emo rap at his finest. I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I found, I, I had, I had love. The, uh, the curation of this project was poor. I thought that, uh, there was another track that, uh, Travis was on called you. I thought that song was a much better song. It came so far down in the project. It was number 14. I thought that was a really good song. Uh, His song with Baby Kim, Outer Space, I thought was really super strong. I thought that was one of the hottest joints on the track, on the project. And it was so far down on the uh, project. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's tough for me as an old head, you know, definitely the, the intro track escape, I thought was kind of cool. I appreciated it a lot. I, 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 you know, I can't say growth on this, but I can say that he's headed somewhere and it's not in the same space he was in for his last project. Anybody else feel me on that? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you think Reaper? No, nah, man, <laughs> like 
it's <laughs> it's a lot more sameness, man. Like literally what what that track that you played, uh Flocky Flocky is what a good part of the album sounds like, you know. And it's it's kinda like again, if that's your vibe, man, if that's your mood that you want to hear, but I listened to uh the thug and this album back to back and it just happened to be raining outside. I can't make this up. And it was just the saddest day of my life, man. I was just like, man, I need to do something else after listening to both of these records because they're both super down tempo. The Thug record is a little bit more whiny than the Don Tolliver record is. But, you know, I mean, like, like, because Don Tolliver wants to be more R&B than he wants to be rap. And that's cool. But, like, does that mean we should compare him to, like, Usher or, like, Neo or something, you know? Because at least, like, Usher would make an upbeat track or two. You make me want to, um, 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 and it's like, okay, this got a little groove, but, like, then he could make, uh, you know, Climax or or any of those super, super slow, just, like, flat out R&B records, you know? A lot of the Don Tolliver still uses trap drums or still uses a lot of the same grooves throughout. And I just wish there was some some uh, uh, difference, you know, even I don't know if y'all heard the, the Bryson Tiller record, the first one years ago, Trap Soul. And it was cool. It was like a couple of songs where he was like showing like, oh, I can rap, but I just choose not to. But then like some of the songs was just flat out singing real slow stuff but then it had some upbeat singing stuff it was just and that was put together really well as well that was a great record but um just don't make the same song for 16 tracks in a row man yeah no doubt that's what's up i'm telling you you are right on point with that and i'm with you on the bryson tiller uh, project because that's what made me fall in love with him uh, the first album uh, he put his all and effort into that project. But anyway, on to our man, Don Tolliver. I don't know, man. I, I still got to disagree with you on just a little bit of it. I thought that he really tried his best with, with limited resources rappers have today. I think that he tried his best on this one because he brought limited resources, limited resources, meaning uh, a mental, emotional and ability to make the tracks that you want to make. That's what I mean by that. Not resources, meaning financial or record company support. I just mean that record again, me on my conspiracy thing. I just don't think that record companies are allowing artists to put out what they want to, because, you know, they threw the baby Kim song so far down on it. So they said, Hey, we, Hey, we appreciate you, Don. You didn't put out, you know, you made us some money so you can, you and even you said this Reaper. Yeah. We'll get, we, we, you know, you can put that, you know, you can put a few songs on there that are showing your art, you know, your artistry. But outside of that, I need, I need six radio hits. If you don't give me six radio hits, then I can't put out of out. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you didn't exactly say that. I'm not, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But in, what you were saying was that, you know, most artists will put out, uh, uh, there are a certain amount of songs that need to be radio songs. And I, I think that that's what they did with this project. Because if you listen to the Baby Kim song, 
I think that that song is definitely a very positive and in the right direction type song where I'm not talking about trap or fun or dance. It's just something different. The beat, the, it was sonically different. So if you're not feeling me on that, I definitely think that the Baby Kim song was sonically different from the rest of the project. I mean, but the 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 issue is the opposite of what you said. Like, I need six radio jams. It's the opposite. Back in the day, it was, I need six radio jams or three radio jams. There's going to be a single in November, a single in February, a single in April, and we're going to try to stretch this out into next summer. The, the difference is now people don't make radio jams at all because it doesn't matter. It's just all about streaming. Just, I think it's, I think literally almost the exact thing of everything you've been saying. I think the record companies are kind of like, make whatever you want as long as it's selling. You want to make more trap records? You want to make, we're not going to push you to make anything else, Jack. Make whatever you want. And there is no... I've got to make something that's cool or get a tight feature or a tight remix or spend money on a producer like Timberland or the Neptunes or whoever to get a radio single. Like I don't have to do that stuff because I'm just going to make whatever I want. If I make 10 trap songs and one DJ mustard song, cool. Like there's no battle for videos on 106 and park or trl or the 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 top eight at eight songs on on the radio that stuff doesn't exist anymore you know what i mean yeah no doubt i'm with you on that and now you you, you kind of sold me on it now because i'm thinking about it you could be right on that that you know the artists are given some freedom and they're and but see then that then that hurts me because then that means the artists don't want to grow and i'm trying not to yeah yeah man <laughs> That's what it is. That's what, or not that they don't want to grow. It's just they probably don't see an issue with it. There's trap sounds have been the way for a little while right now, and uh, it's like I said, it's hard. Don't get me wrong, it's hard. But there was a point where if you weren't making something new, or if you weren't representing, like Kev said earlier, representing your your borough or your your coast or something, then maybe you could be potentially ostracized. Whereas now, if you don't make something that sounds like the other stuff that's out, you might run the risk of it not getting played. It might be too different. You know what I mean? But I just... I mean, I, I feel... But I do feel like, you know, artists put out... Artists put out music under the label, but then they leak stuff on their own. It, and, and, and I'm starting to think that these artists are happy with the product they putting out because for sure i mean leaks i mean like leaks are not that important anymore because so many people leak stuff and leaks used to me leaks used to have some meaning and it used to be a thing i mean like when i say a thing it was like so important it was so sacred everybody wasn't leaking stuff if you really you know you had your contractually contractual obligated music that you had to do. But if you wanted to do something that you wanted to do, you did it on a mixtape, which wasn't part of your record label and you didn't have the A&R or the politics involved. And for certain artists, there was a different sound. Like Wale, for instance, you know, I mean, even though he's more of a current star, but his albums and his mixtapes have different vibes to them. 
So it's it's not like these artists can't produce different sounds or give us different sounds or different content. But I, I mean, the more we're talking about it, I'm really starting to feel like they don't want to do it. And if the fans are not asking for it, why would they want to do it? Just to do it? I mean, if 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 I can make if I can make four consecutive albums talking about uh you know getting high and, and having sex with my friend's girlfriend and it's at a low you know a a sub eighty BPM and it get and it, and, it, and I can and it sells or go top ten and I can get a tour. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's about making money, no matter how good or how bad your product is. And if you can put on a subpar product and and make it, it's kind of hard to tell somebody, hey, you're successful, but it's not that great. And I'm doing all right. So why not keep doing it? Yeah, I feel you. I agree, man. I agree. The people have to want it. The people don't want it. And I, and. and Something I've said before is the fans, I, I, I don't think a lot of fans know what good music sounds like. It's like I was at like at least three times this week. I was in the car with one of my older daughters and she played stuff for me. And she was like, well, what do you think? And and I, and, 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 and my feeling was she's, she doesn't really care for this stuff, but either her friends or either her friends like it, or it's kind of popular in some way. And I, and, you know, and we, and it sparked the conversation with us. Um, and it was, a, it was an interesting conversation because it was just, she was making points. I didn't expect her to make on certain songs. So it's like, I don't know if her ear for music is adjusting or what, but, um, it was it was it was a pleasant converse it was pleasant conversations to have because she wasn't trying to convince me that this newer stuff isn't that bad you know what i mean like she's actually like it's kind of more the same or <laughs> stuff was sounding familiar and i and and i was feeling like i was like damn i hope i'm not rubbing off on her i i wanted to be her own opinion but i can tell it was it was her own opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. That- <laughs> All right, man. Well, I really appreciate everything. You know, you know what? Here, let me say this to uh, the. There's a track on there called "Get Throwed," which is tight because I say that all the time. Like that's one of my favorite sayings. But also, it's produced by DJ Mustard, man. And DJ Mustard, he's been quiet the last couple of years, but it's one of the only tracks on there that's faster. And it's still got that sort of, uh, you know, DJ Mustard Bay Area vibe where the, the bass line comes in and he does, his, you know, his, hey, 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 you know, that kind of thing on there. But like like you said, on just a sea of songs that are sub 80, similar vibe, it was just tight to A, hear from DJ Mustard again, B, hear something that's like, this is what you could sound like if you just picked another beat. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's... Don Tolliver, like, 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 you know, DJ was saying earlier, Don Tolliver is very, I think you could would consider him more of a singer than a rapper. And 
it's very emo. Like it's very emo. Even his guest features on other people's stuff. It's still eat so emo. And it's like, ah, oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ah, I, I don't, I don't like all emo songs. Like you can't have all emo songs. Like your mood, your tone, something has to change at some point. And it, and it gets, it's hard to listen to all that stuff, but he has created something that makes people want to listen to him. So no doubt he found a space in a vacuum, you know, now with, without XX Contacion, he is that space and he, he filled in that vacuum and you got to give him uh, some love for that. I don't know what else to do, but you know, it's, it's crazy is he is definitely filled in that vacuum. But I'm just saying like, I'm not saying like, I think, um, what was it? Uh, I think it was Juice World's last album we we did like, and and I was saying like it was very emo ish, but the way he just his he had an intro and he was like, I'm I'm depressed. This is my mood. Yada 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 yada, and and it was something in me that was kind of like okay. I'll give it a chance, and I and I and I liked it. I mean, a lot of it was very emo. I'm even leaving some of the faster songs. I mean, the the non emo songs were still had a slower tempo, but I felt like him giving me that warning in the intro. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting a lot, you know. It, it was it, it became an easier it became an easy listen to, but it's just like. You make these sad songs, but then you out here, you're throwing money around and, and, and we see you in the stores buying jewelry and at the club spending all this money. You happy at some point. I mean, man, and again, like, because emo music, I mean, that's, you know, it's about expressing your emotions. You know what I mean? If you're a sad boy, that's cool. Be a sad boy. But do you have to be a sad boy on the same kind of beats? And then if if this is just your mood for the record, I'm gonna make sad boy music on sad boy beats. Do you have to do it for 16 songs? Can you do it for eight songs or nine? Like, if you just make, you know, you could just make a, a album and call it hashtag mood and just <laughs> be in your feelings for 10 songs, just flat, just do one to 10. Give people a warning at the beginning and then say like, this one is about a breakup. This one is because I have money, but I feel empty inside. This one is when I remember what I, I used to didn't have money. This is, you know, my homie got killed. You know, just go through the gamut of like sad boy emotions. That's fine. But I mean, but I think I, but keep it concise. Like, you know, like you don't have to do this for two hours. I mean, but you know, it's, it's but it does go back to a create creativity thing. We can say to a certain extent, Eminem is an emo rapper. You could say um, Joe Button created a whole mixtape series called Mood Music. <laughs> it was like what five, six mixtapes, and it was it was like slower tempos, but mood music. <laughs> um, but I thought the mood mu- I thought the mood music mixtapes was great and. You know, Eminem makes, uh, but, um, <laughs> I mean, but at least their tempos are different. 
they do mix it up as far as, you know, their content. And, you know, for Eminem to make emo music, but the the sell outsell damn near everybody is a, is a, is a testament to where it could go and where it probably should be at but you know people take little wayne later in his career and be like oh well wayne is who i looked up to Lil wayne uh what was the joint the fireman that was an upbeat record uh uh uh, uh, go DJ. That was an upbeat record. So how how are you saying Lil Wayne was your the person you looked up to when Lil Wayne got a bunch of upbeat party records? You know he what I'm saying? He used to make a ton of man. He used to make. I mean, you you wait till Lil Wayne get later in his career. He started having kids. He got a little bit of money, and he was getting drunk all the damn time. So don't pick that. Don't say little Wayne. And you're talking about right. Right. Yeah. Rich little Wayne. Let's go back to teenage little Wayne and, and, and his career. But I mean, but that, that early little Wayne stuff though, is like very finding himself, even the first Carter, like it's got some great tracks on there. Don't get me wrong, but he's still like, but you still, but you, but you still talking about middle, middle of his career, little Wayne, little Wayne, where, Cash Money had already established themselves, and BG was in and out of jail. Um, Juvenile was, but that's what I'm saying. They don't, they don't look up to finding himself, Little Wayne. They look up to peak Little Wayne, like between the Carter two and the Carter three, when he was on six hundred thousand features, and then the stuff after that when he, you know, was on Auto Tune, Super Heavy, and blah blah blah. But Carter One, Little Wayne, was still had upbeat records, though. It did. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm just, but I, I just don't get people that look up to Little Wayne aren't looking at the Carter One. Period. Yeah, yeah. Because I've said this a bunch of times. I throw this tidbit in there because I don't know when we're gonna talk about the Carters again. But I think even his voice changed over time, and the delivery, the flow. Like if I could get the voice from Carter one, that style with like the lyricism and the hunger from the Carter two and post like that mixtape era with the song selection and the curation of the Carter three, that might be the greatest album of all time for real, for real. Well, you know, Gilly the kid had a lot to do with that though. Let's not go on this Gilly the kid thing. I'm, we talking about little Wayne. But I'm just saying, Gilly the Kid's influence on Little Wayne's uh, music making at that time. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a uh, uh, man. Yeah, gentlemen, I, I feel you. Wait, wait, we didn't do stream or no stream. Not going down the little Gilly, uh, uh, rabbit holes. We're gonna jump into uh, uh, getting out of this segment and going on to one of my favorite segments, the flavor. Scoliosis, scoliosis is on Young Thug. That's a different song. I think it's Outer Space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you say stream or no stream? You are on this stream or no stream. You are on it. I love it. Uh, uh, so I'll start it off and just say that I really appreciate Don Tolliver and he, he's my main man. And, and just because of the track with he and Baby Kim, Scoliosis, I'm going to say stream this project. Reaper, what- 
My bad. I'm sorry. What's the Baby Kim song? Outer Space. All right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no stream, man. No stream. Stream for me. All right. No stream from Reaper. What you got, uh, Kev? It's a no. And that's my anchor man. So <laughs> the no streams have it. And we're going to move on again to our my segment, uh, The Flavor. So uh, uh, for those of you all who have, who have not experienced The Flavor, what we do is we play a song that each one of the uh, hosts have picked. We None of us have listened to it. I've got the songs here loaded up and we're going to play the song and then we're going to give our raw, honest opinion of what the song feels to us. All right. So let's jump into it with Reaper's pick. And here we go. I like them tattoos and them gold teeth. Tops to make me feel like I'm a body. I like the fire you're bringing out of me. Baby, something bad and got me weak in the knees. Oh, that you guys should be criminal. My mama won't see what I see, yeah. But I don't want anything better enough. I don't know what it is. All right. And that was Boys by Jesse Nelson. Jesse, Jesse Nelson, yeah. Uh, Nicki Minaj. So let's jump into it. Uh, I'm going to jump in first. I want my anchorman to come in second on this one and just say that, hey, you can't go wrong with a Puff Daddy beat. I, I For old head, you know, that was the probably the, our last run as far as old head was concerned with the uh, shiny suit music, you know, and uh, I appreciate the beat. Um, uh, I thought that Jesse Nelson is uh, very good up-and-coming R&B singer and uh then the uh Nikki's feature was uh it was it was it was Nikki doing her thing so I I appreciated it I enjoyed it so uh Ken, what are your thoughts on Boys by Jesse Nelson uh, it's it's I like it um it's upbeat so it, it's it's refreshing to hear a upbeat song today <laughs> I don't I oh I don't want to be critical, but it's a it's a small little problem I have is this when they use samples and it's kind of like you don't change anything. It's not like taking a piece and and sampling it into something new, but it's just you pretty much just took the whole beat, no changes, and just kind of wrapped over it. I it that's just that little little thing that kind of bothers me, but. I, I it's kind of hard to say it's an upbeat song and and it's today so I don't want to sound negative but I that little thing bothers me but overall I, I will probably listen to it again. Yeah, that's what's up. I appreciate that, Kev because I'm the same way. Again, it may not be everything to me, but because it's danceable, I listen to it as much as I can. Right. So, uh, Reaper, why did you choose uh, Boys? Um, yeah, I used to really love that track back in the day, Bad Boys for Life, uh, from P. Diddy and Pulse on a Black Rob and Mark Curry, I believe. <laughs> and uh yeah, I just used to really love that song. And so so to Kev's point, the beat actually is a little bit different. Um, if you listen to it in some proper headphones, the the beat, the the drums and the bass are slightly different, especially on the verse. 
it sort of filters out a little bit and the verse is different, but the main melody, especially on the chorus, is pretty much just copy and paste. And I am not a super fan of that. Um, but if it's if the original song was a rap song and the, the new song is like an R&B quote unquote song, like she's not rapping on the song. She just sings through the whole thing. I'm OK with that because it's like taking something from a different genre, air quotes, and doing something new with it. So I'm OK with that. If it was another rapper that was just rapping over the beat, it's like, OK, this is just a mixtape. You just got the beat offline and just did a freestyle to it. You know what I mean? So. Right. But yeah, I don't have an issue with that. Also, uh, so uh, Jesse Nelson is not an upcoming R&B artist. Got to throw this in there. She's from the UK. She was a part of a group called Little Mix. And Little Mix has been around in the UK for like 11 years plus. Like they're the, I can't say the man, the the woman, I guess, in the UK. Like they've been doing anything for a long time. So this is her first uh, solo foray. But um. Uh, yeah, she's been around for a long time. Yeah, that's what's up. We, we appreciate that info, and uh, we look forward to hearing some of her older stuff. I definitely would dig into crates and try to find uh, her group stuff. Uh, so now we're going to move on to our Anchorman Kev's choice, and here we go. Can I get an amen? Rich pretty wings, go which way you fall from with your brown skin, smile sweet like a cinnabon. And for your love, I so dance around the sun till we blend together as one till you leave as quick as they came and tell me I'm not the one like why Cupid ain't got no aim on. All right, and that was Amen by our man Luke featuring Little Brother. So let's jump into it. Where Reba, Reba, what were your thoughts on Amen by my man Luke? Uh, it was all right. I mean, it was, I mean, it was whatever, honestly. <laughs> like, I'm being honest, it was whatever. Like, I was listening to some of the lyrics, and uh, it's cool. Like, like I said, even one of the other things that I should have mentioned earlier is I just miss quotable raps. You know, like you could go back and just quote some stuff. I don't know if you can be able to quote some of the stuff that we're hearing now, you know, in the future. But so it was cool to just like hear storytelling ish and hear like some lines that could you could potentially remember and encourage you to listen to the track again. Um, but it's still kind of slow for my personal liking. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's whatever to me. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I'm telling you, for me, the same. I enjoyed the actual rapidy rap because that's where I'm at with, with, with this thing called hip hop. But uh, the, the the beat, yeah, definitely, man. It was just a little, a little slow in the BPMs. Uh, I could definitely vibe out to this. Like if I had people over at the house, this would definitely be on the playlist. Uh, Luke, Luke gets down like that. I appreciate that. You know, he's one of the backpack underground rappers that are still out there doing his thing. And uh, I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, I appreciate it for what it is. Now, as a DJ, it's really, again, it's tough to pick songs to throw on at a, at, a, at, a, at a joint and try to get people on the dance floor. But definitely, this is a vibe. I love the vibe to this song. So uh, let's jump into it with uh, our anchor man, Kev. Kev, why did you choose Amen by Luke? <laughs> and, and, and I hate to... Uh... 
it's it was a very it's a smooth song. Um, like you said, it's very laid back. I was I was a little shocked because um that he had little brother on the song. Um I I and I'll be honest with you, I don't know how I discovered this album. I don't I totally don't remember. And I'm and I'm starting to believe maybe I saw it on a a, a website and it, and it suggested that you know listen to his album and I saw he was on uh, Dreamville and I was like I'll give it a chance. It was a few songs on there I liked, but uh, anything you know I'm a big Little Brother fan, so pretty much a lot of this stuff that features them I'm probably going to enjoy. Um, but like I said, it's just you know it's just something smooth. I mean, yeah, I know. You know, said something earlier about slower songs, but this didn't feel like a slow song of today. It felt like a smoother song from some years back, and I and I know that's kind of maybe hard for some people to understand, but it, it yeah, it was just you know at that time in that mood, and it was just the smoothness of it that I really enjoyed. Yeah, no doubt, Kel. I'm telling you, man, I, I enjoyed the pick. You did put me on a vibe because I, I haven't heard loot in a minute. So uh, you definitely going to make me uh, listen to some loot this weekend. So I appreciate that. All right. So let's jump into it with my pick. And here we go. Trying not to let the pressure press me into deeper pressure. Trying not to see a trial that's truly a blessing. Trying not to speak in negatives. Trying to see beyond what's in my eyelids. Trying to take a deep dive in. Try to know that my blackness by nature comes with taxes. That thought would just come with me and tilt it off your axis. You want to know how far off? Just look at what rapping. All right. And that was Vibe by Arrested Development featuring Big Daddy Kane. Arrested Development? Really? <laughs> no doubt. And Latasha LeRae and Configure. I'm sorry. I, I did not. You know, it was hard to see there. Uh, you know, the old man's eyes aren't as good as they used to be. But uh, definitely that's Arrested Development with the song Vibe from their new project, AD. And uh, that brought to for me it brought uh you know i had to bring that to the to the you know to the stage man because it's where it's at so uh uh kev what are your thoughts man on that uh that that arrested development vibe oh i liked it i liked it um it, it takes you back to to the 90s to a 90s vibe um and um yeah i i, re- I really liked it uh I, I just wish the uh the big daddy kane uh part was mixed better but Overall, I don't think, you know, overall, it, it it didn't really take away from the song that much, but I think it was a good pick. Yo, that's what's up. I appreciate that, Kev. Let's check in with Reaper. Reaper, what are your thoughts on Vibe by Arrested Development? Yeah, I was going to say the same kind of thing. The verses, it sounds like the, the, the vocals could be turned up a little bit. It doesn't sound that loud. Um, but I like the, the beat. You know, I'm not in my head. It's got some scratches in there. You know, I like that. I think the... And I need to listen to the the whole song start to, to to finish. But I think the singer on the chorus sounds out of place. I think they should have picked someone else or just didn't use a singer. Like she's singing really high notes, and I don't think it matches the the song. But um, overall, it sounds cool. You know, boom bap, upbeat. You know, one of the lines I wanna 
party get live, keep the people high, whatever it said. And it's just like, yeah, man, that's what's up. Like, you know, put your hands up. Let's have fun. Let's. And again, I'm not, you know, saying there's anything wrong with sad boys or, or, you know, or whatever. If that's the life you live or the moves you have, that's cool, man. But everybody doesn't always feel like that. You know, everybody doesn't always want to listen to that. Let's let's listen to something else, man. Let's. I'm in a good mood today. How about this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So, uh, man, the, the reason again, the reason why I chose this song was for everything that the uh, my my co-hosts have said, and I, it made me feel good. I listen to so much music throughout the week that whenever I come across something that's like, wow, man, that made me feel really good. You know, I, I live a very hectic and uh, uh, crazy life uh, with a lot of work involved and a lot of uh, uh, responsibilities outside of work on on projects and things that I'm doing as a content creator. So to hear something, to make you feel something, it really is so important. And, and, and that's all I'd like to say is that this song, again, I know I'm an old head and I'm always picking songs from older artists. But you can't deny me that this song made you feel good. And that's literally the only reason I got that the engineering was not that great. We've had this conversation before on the program, and that is older artists, older groups, they're they're financing some of these things, some of it on their own. You know, they're not getting large amounts from the, uh, the record companies to make projects. So they're not getting the best engineers. They're not getting the, the best beats from the best producers. So they're doing what they can to keep art alive. And, and I appreciate them doing what they're doing to keep art alive. So, you know, that that's where I was on this particular track. And then again, coming off the heels of uh, verses, it was super important to me to bring you guys something from one of the uh, uh, from from. Big Daddy Kane or KRS-One from Versus because KRS-One has a song out from the Versus. He put out a single called Crazy as well. And it's just appreciative to give these older artists their flowers now while they're alive. Like, just the way like rock and roll gives uh, the Rolling Stones their flowers, uh, Paul McCartney his flowers, uh, the Genesis their flowers. You know, we, uh, you know, we deserve ours as well. And I, I think that we have to stress to our younger generation, we're not asking you to listen to their songs day, every day, but just give them their flowers, give them the chance to uh, make a few dollars off of streaming, you know, listen to, like I'm in hopes, uh, I'm going to check tomorrow, but I'm in hopes that Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One streaming numbers went up crazy over the last five to six days so that they can put a little money in their pocket and they can eat because they not, not, they're not making Drake money. You know, they're not making Nicki money. They're not making Jay-Z money. These are our pioneers and they're doing OK, but they're not they're not they're not living high on the hog. They got to get out there and tour. And, you know, because of COVID, they've not been able to tour. So. Again, all I asked of the audience is to give old heads an opportunity to eat, to enjoy life, just like rock and roll, just like country, you know, just like oh, yeah, classical, you know, 
Uh, my wife and I have tickets to see uh, a, a classical show. Uh, it's at Perlman. And he's been around forever and he's still out there turned and still out there getting his dough. And I think the same should be for our pioneers in hip hop. And with that, uh, we're going to go into uh, our, our outro of, of the program and just say that, man, we really, really appreciate it. You know what? Let's not. Let's not go out. I need my anchorman to come in and tell me what was his thoughts on the verses. Kev, what were your thoughts? It was it was a good good setup. I think that it's 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 refreshing to see, like you just said, older artists who um who getting their recognition and they can still display that talent and that skill set that they had thirty plus years ago. Because I mean, from here on out, I feel like everybody's going to be compared to the locks versus dipset. And it's unfortunate that it's going to be like that, but everybody's going to have to pretty much step their game up because if you're lazy or you're subpar, I mean, they, they you know, Twitter is ruthless, man. They're going to drag you. So, you know, and, and, you know, some people were saying KRS one and other people saying, Oh, everybody's sleeping on Kane. This is one of those things where, Everybody won, you know, hip hop won, the fans won, you know, Swiss and Timberland, they won. It, it, it wasn't one wasn't better than the other because it was a clashing of styles for one thing. But at the same time, both of these 50 plus men, I mean, got, has more talent in that two hour session than a lot of these other artists have over four or five albums. So. You know, for the whole show, we've been talking about creativity and, and, and stepping outside the box and creating your own lane. This is what it looks like. Like, these men, music is old, but it still hit today. And these guys, I mean, they was they was like this on stage, just freestyling to a song that could probably be a hit single, to be honest with you. But, you know, this is what it is. Like, all the artists today going to be able to do a versus in six, seven, ten years from now. I don't think so. Yeah, that's what's up, Kev, man. Really appreciate you anchoring in that. Uh, we will jump in with Reaper. I don't know if you got an opportunity to check it out, Reaper, but any thoughts on the uh, Big Daddy Kane versus KRS-One versus? No, I didn't get a chance to uh, see it, but um, a friend of mine from New Zealand, he's a really big head and like collecting vinyls and blah, blah blah he was on about it uh this whole week so i might get around to it but honestly a lot of big daddy kane's music is over my head um i just never really listened to big daddy kane i know you know a couple of the main songs but i know a ton of krs and boogie down stuff but um like i said i just never really listened to big daddy kane like that so i wasn't uh that interested in in listening to it or or watching it on my own yeah i feel you on that man and again and and and, and the numbers showed that uh the youngins weren't feeling it and so you know it is what it is but i appreciate the old heads who tuned in they got about one hundred fifteen thousand uh on, on instagram and i think between triller and youtube they got another uh, 112,000 people so you know that's decent 
it's decent. It's not. It's definitely hey, the the locks got is <laughs> two million. So it is what it is. But you know, I I, I appreciate that the old heads, the pioneers. I, I'm not even say the pioneers. The golden era people were able to get some love and 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 eat. You know, again, they have not been able to tour for almost two years now. And and Kane tours heavy. You know, uh, one of the first shows I took my son to was KRS One show. So, again, I just want I think that we have to keep reiterating regardless to how much how we're feeling uh, a certain old school artist. Just keep pushing them saying, hey, man, you know, I may not be feeling their music, but they might give a good show. So if they're ever in town, say, hey, you know, let's check out their show because their shows are not expensive. It's not a Drake cost. It's not a Jay-Z cost. You know, I've been able to see uh, KRS, uh, 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 Kwame, Yo-Yo, Roxanne, all for under 50 bucks, you know, per person. And and, and you got to give love for that. You know, they're out there still trying to entertain and still trying to uh, survive and, and, and have a decent life in this world. So that that, that would be my, uh, my call to uh, action for the listeners is to if any old school artists beyond 2000 are out there touring in your neighborhood, just give them a try. If you don't like it, go home. You ain't got to stay. You spent 40 bucks, <laughs> you know, you spent 40 bucks. What's that? What's that? That's one. That's one dinner. You know, take a chance. So with that, man, let's jump into our outro and just say that uh, we really appreciate the fans. Please follow us on Instagram at uh, Mix Air Rap Pod. That's Mix Air Rap P-O-D. And then follow us on Twitter at Mix Air Rap. If you have any questions or comments, we're always looking for guests to come on the show and give your opinion on today's hip hop or our conversations that we're having for that episode. And you can reach us at under a groove network at gmail.com. Again, that's under a groove network at gmail.com. Uh, DJ Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media. Uh, find me across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Mixcloud. If you like uh, DJ Mixes at the 313kid, T-H-E-313-K-I-D. Yo, that's what's up, man. And again, we really appreciate it. This was a great conversation tonight. We out of here. Peace. Peace.